Welcome to episode eight of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, back once again, more like stuck once again with my co-host, Matthew Mueller. Uh, we're already there? Yeah, we're already there. <laughs> we're already it's episode there. eight, man. Uh, the wrinkles God. are starting to creep in. The wrinkles are starting to creep in. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Uh, again, on our rotating series of hosts, while BD is out in the field, talking and rolling and doing a bunch of Captain Marvel stuff for us right now, we have another person in. Last time we had uh, Jamie Lovett. I almost forgot his name because wow. that's the state my mind is in today. Oh, sorry, Jamie, if you're listening. <laughs> sorry, Jamie. <laughs> uh, we had Star Trek expert Jamie Lovett, and we had to follow that up with Star Wars expert and what is it? What is it? Associate editor? Editor? I I think I'm like Joe Blackman's lackey. I think they is don't. My whoa, official whoa! Title. You are dropping major spoilers. Nobody knows who that is yet. <laughs> we were just going to introduce him as the dark side of our of our company. Jim Viscardi's lackey, who just Let's sits just in that. his office and like kind of looks at us, threatening Omega beams if we don't get these stories up in time. <laughs> we were going to slowly unroll that mythology. You don't want to do it. I mean, this is just like the Batman versus Superman act. We're going to get into that whole three act uh, Justice League mess soon. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Secret Lackey, I guess he's our Steppenwolf. I think you just named yourself. Hey, Steppenwolf? There it is. Yeah, he's our yeah. Steppenwolf here. I'm okay being a And spec. Star Wars expert, J.K. Schmidt. Hey, how's it going? It's good to be here. Okay, so today we are going to get into the first big retiree from the MCU. We're going to talk about maybe one of my favorite casting announcements ever. We're also going to get into some new horror thriller stuff with the kind of comeback of the Twilight Zone from Get Out director Jordan Peele and the new season of Haunting from Hill House. Plus, we're going to get a state of the Star Wars franchise yeah. from JK since we have him here. And since, you know, we're coming up on another weekend, we are going to bring back something from my other podcast that I really love, which are called Rants and Raves, where we take a minute to rant and or rave about something or some things in the entertainment industry we are currently watching and share with you guys in the hopes that you might catch on to it or avoid it like the plague. So that's going to be everything we do today. Thank you for kind of uh, riding with us still. If you want to subscribe, we always post new episodes on the site. You can get an RSS feed subscription there. You can also subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, everything from like except Amazon Music. Why? Where, I knew you were going to bring it up. Because Matt's still pulling for that. <laughs> That's the thing. Maybe, I used maybe to one day. Like you know, when another Google, person signs up for it, Google we Music. maybe will. But uh, for right now, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, follow us on social media at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or just talk with each of us. We'll give you our Twitter handles at the end. Let's get into it. So, first up today. Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays Pepper Potts to uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and was one of the first architects to help kick off this whole MCU saga, she's retiring after Avengers Endgame. She is not renewing her contract with Marvel Studios, and she's kind of uh, stepping off to the sun, and she posted a whole reasoning behind it. I mean, it loosely based, it just says, like, she loves Marvel, she has kids, she loves the fantasy and all the things she's done, but she's getting too old, it's not like she can suit up. And, you know, she didn't say it in so many words, but basically she laid out that there's better things for her to be doing with her time and career than playing, you know, the lady interest to Robert Downey Jr. I mean, the yeah. whole game has changed. We got Captain Marvel coming. Like these old phase one love interest things, yeah. roles are getting kind of, I would say, dated. Absolutely. And so she's moving on. I mean, she's got Goop to run, which is her unfortunately titled magazine. And uh, she's got stuff. I mean, she's like thinking mogul and making, you know, bigger moves. So, I yeah. mean, it is probably time. 
Um, the only reason we really want to bring this up and talk about it is because of, I mean, I feel bad, but not exactly saying goodbye to Gwyneth Paltrow, which is more like, a, oh, okay. But, uh, what it may imply. Um, it's just kind of hard. We were talking before the show, uh, for us to imagine that there's going to be major storylines with, um, Iron Man or like a whole Iron Man movie that wouldn't have Pepper Potts or like Gwyneth Paltrow in it. So it kind of makes us wonder, like, as speculated, will Robert Downey Jr. probably die or take just a smaller kind of step back cameo role in the MCU after Endgame? I personally think that I've always thought that's what's going to happen yeah. here. Um, I remember the rumors that Marvel was considering an Ironheart movie. I still think that's something that would be kind of on the horizon. Riri. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, with Riri Williams. And uh, so I think that's my take on it. Um, yeah. I want to hear what you guys have to say real quick. Um. I mean, I agree with that. I think that's the most likely thing. And I also think that's the same way with Chris Evans. And I mean, Hemsworth, I feel like, is the only one kind of of that original group that like will go on to continue to make movies built around him. I think the other ones will kind of take that sidestep. They'll be the homecomings, essentially, like where they're a part of it, but they're not, you know, they're there to supply another character. Yeah. I mean, just to root this in our comic book geekery, like Tony Stark, something like Head of Shield or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, you see him pop up and everyone it gets a pop. Yeah, he's a wrestling term. But uh, you know, and then after that, it's like that's nah, cool. Yeah, we, we like that. And she wasn't the biggest. I mean, aside of she was the best part of Iron Man three, which to me is a cluster. I don't like the movie at all. But I, I think, think she was one of the best. I think parts Iron Man three is all right. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, but I liked her in that movie. But I don't see her taking that much of a spot. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. I mean, it would be nice. She would still have the respect if she ever pops up in a cameo. Like, everybody would get up in, like, a surprise cameo. Yeah, everybody would be, like, cheering for that and be, like, really thrilled by that, right? Yeah. And, and she nice. left the door open. She left the money door open. Hey, I'll be yeah, up. That dump truck, yeah. Yeah, she, that yeah, dump truck. Yeah. That dump truck comes through. Like, yeah, yeah you never know. Well, they, Which, I, I like to coin the term that I did coin that term a long time ago. This whole dump truck full of money <laughs> concept. Was that you? Yeah, was that, that was that, actually that, me. I did come. It was, it was about Christian trademark. Bale. It was when The Dark Knight Rises came out. And we were all thinking about like what Batman was going to be, and it was yeah. the whole question of whether it would continue. And I just would yell about how anybody would like change their values for that dump truck full of money. But anyway, well, JK they pretty much set it up. Basically, yeah. they kind of like set the prototype with with Spider Man Homecoming in how Robert Downey Jr. could show up and what kind of capacity he could have in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so, if they're going to do something with Iron Man in the future, it makes sense that they would not do an Iron Man four because. Gwyneth Paltrow would not have any involvement with it. She's not going to take on a bigger role. So, And those three Iron Man movies were pretty much revolved around the relationship of Pepper Potts and Tony Stark. So how do you do Iron Man 4 while kind of sidelining her? Yeah. You know, you can't really you can't do that do justice. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've thought that ship has sailed for years. I mean, I think Definitely, it's going to be. Yeah. So, all right. So we're all in agreement. So it's going to be fun. You know, thank you, Gwyneth. I mean, <laughs> she was a great Pepper Potts. I mean, that first Iron Man, the chemistry with her and Robert Downey Jr. is still charming to this day. Who has the red dog to pour out one for Pepper? <laughs> no one? No. But, uh, yeah, we wish her the best. And, yeah, we're looking forward to that cameo. I'm sure all of us will be one day when she pops up. Moving right along to an awesome piece of other Marvel star <clears throat> casting news. This made the day in the office. Oh, yeah. Everybody was freaking <laughs> this was out. This huge. Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself, is switching from the role of Thor to the Hulk. But not the way you think. He's playing Hulk Hogan, a young Hulk Hogan in a Hulk Hogan biopic. I like what he did there with the twist. Thor Hulk. I stole yeah, that from good. the internet. Somebody else more clever right. than me came up with that. I, stole it. <laughs> I was giving you credit. I, I know. Like, yeah. I, just, I just didn't. I don't like myself enough to accept it. Stolen valor. 
over um, here. <laughs> yeah, so Chris Hemsworth is playing a young Hulk Hogan. We're not going to go into deep in this except to say I think this is awesome. I've already been tweeting at Chris Hemsworth to play, or Chris Evans to join in as the Ultimate Warrior. I oh, God, see, you too? Yeah, I just want to see crazy oh Marvel people God. pop up in like Why? weird Why wrestling cameos. You know how mad Charlie's going to be. He's going to go from like a 15 to a 12 after he hears Yeah, this. I know. <laughs> but uh, Matt, Matt's a, re- a wrestling expert, so I'm going to throw this one over to you. I'm an expert. That's awesome. I didn't know I was an expert. Well, I mean, of the people sitting here. That's fair. That's yeah. more accurate. <laughs> In comparison. That's more accurate. Uh, no, I'm I'm stoked for this. I think this is, uh, well, let's just say it's been a rough few years for Hulk Hogan, and I think this is like the best news his, like his camp could get, right? Like he's going to get a movie by someone who's like in a very good light with Hollywood. It's like a rising star. He's been in all the Avengers movies and then they're going to make him look really good. Who he predicted to play him. Right. right? Yeah. Said, yeah this guy and he's already been kind of sort of like WWE and him have a very like, you know, you're over here. We kind of like, we're kind of associating with you, but not, this is great for him. I imagine they're having margaritas or something. Uh, producer Jim Viscardi before the show made sure to uh, set you up to die on the internet. He wanted you to add one note about this. What and I did that? not, by the way. Yeah, I know, then he told me you. to ride with the joke. He said no. All right. Well, I'm my own person, Jim. Put it in. <laughs> but I'm basically, my own it's that. It's just, <laughs> does Hulk Hogan, does a young Hulk Hogan really look like Chris Hemsworth? Oh, hell no. Uh, okay, there we go. Yeah. I, there it is. I'm curious. I cannot wait to see the balding. Look, you know what? No, Chris. I'm more excited for the return of the bleached eyebrows. To be honest, oh From yeah, Thor, that's right. He had oh, weird man. Gotta go. eyebrows. That's Are they going to do it? They got. Why would wait you till not? we have to write the you article have... about how there's a secret Thor Easter egg in the Hulk Hogan biopic? <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait to see. Jim already put that in a, a Hemsworth promo because it's it's going to be all the over the top cheese that is Hulk Hogan. And I will eat it up with a spoon. I hope there's Marvel character, I mean, other Marvel actors cameos. And I hope that the Hem, other Hemsworth brothers get worked into this somehow. Somehow. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, to see the Bar not- brothers doing like a wrestling thing, would that be great? It's not going to be like a WWE type movie. It's going to, like, but they've shown. They're going shown, to touch on it. They're going to touch on you're it. They'll show see like 30 seconds of a promo. You're going to see Hemsworth, let me tell you brother. Like, you're going to see all that. The movie's going to be like The Wrestler, yeah. Beyond the Mat, whatever. Well, I'm hopefully also, not as sad, but yeah. And I'm probably also not curious as sad. How much as of the, wrestler. Like, the steroid well, stuff is going to make it? Yeah. How much of the, you know, like the drug stuff and, uh, and, and the alcoholism stuff that we Will like, this be heard. the Bohemian Rhapsody of Wrestling? He's a consultant, probably. On the project. Oh, that's never good. Yeah, so like, I so don't like straight out of comedy, You're not going to so, see okay. any of the race stuff. You're not going to see any of that. You Eric might Bischoff see, too. Eric Bischoff yeah, is a consultant, which, which me, is a little. It makes me. Will they happy. lean into like the, the darkness right, so, of it? Yeah. So there's a lot. So of cool again, stuff here. so people self-serving biopics from people who are still alive are all the rage, <laughs> and this will be another one. All right, moving right along, we're going to go to some darker places. We're going to talk some horror. So we got our first look at the trailer for the uh, CBS All Access reboot of The Twilight Zone. Which looks awesome. Yeah, which does look awesome. I mean, it looks... I don't know how many people out there are still Twilight Zone fans of, of like, the kind of younger generation, but, uh, I mean, I came in at the tail end when that was still very popular, that original yeah. series, and then the uh, remake movie in the 80s with Shatner, and there's something on the wing was right around the time I really got into kind of became a film geek. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really happy, because I love these kind of, I mean, I love horror, sci-fi anthologies. Yeah. I came up period. on Outer Limits, which was- Yeah, like Outer Limits was another one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> same here. And I love, I love that stuff. And even just like X-Files ec- episodes, like standalones that were yeah. kind of weird in a kind of Twilight zone way or a horror way. 
So I'm really excited for this. There's a, I mean, it's a great looking cast of people that they show off in this promo. Adam Scott looks like he has a great episode. Uh, Sinai Lathan, uh, Sinai Lathan, <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of other people who I'm blanking on right now. But um, I trust people like Jordan Peele involved. I trust kind of what the tone that we got, which is kind of weird. I mean, I like it that it's it's a mix of kind of horror, modern horror, but also the kind of old school sci-fi weird concept conundrums yeah. twilight zone and i very much enjoy that and i'm looking forward to that yeah i think jordan peele has kind of already proved that he can do really short contained uh stories just in key and peel skits yeah. you know the the gremlin skit that he did a while ago the gremlins 2 skit was just it shortened in and of itself was was perfect and then obviously his mastery over uh building tension and uh creating mythology with get out was just that was masterful. He, yeah. you know, he got Oscar nomination for it. So I think it's pretty, it's pretty telling that this trailer obviously looks as great as a lot of people are expecting it to be. Like there was nothing disappointing about it. The Adam Scott stuff looked really good. The Steven Yeun stuff looked really good. That stuff um, looked really good. Now. Uh, there's, really a, cool. there's Tracy Morgan. Morgan. Tracy Morgan's in a Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't yeah. know he was in this, by the way. And so when he showed up, I went, I think it's more from his parody? autobiography. <laughs> I think it's more from his autobiography because... Tracy Morgan is like an escapee of he's, yeah, he's a weird dude. Which is really <laughs> cool, like that they're kind of like shattering the uh, the notion the that comedy actors cannot do drama or horror. Yeah. And I mean, obviously Kumail Nanjiani and The Big Sick prove that he he's can awesome, do he, yeah. he has great range. And so it's really exciting to see that he's giving a lot of people known for their comedic talents a chance to shine in and a the different AVP MVP. It's an I Lathan. <laughs> Oh, that's where she's from. Oh, yeah, AVP. Yeah. Which is actually like a really good movie. Yeah, we'll I mean, get that shitty, one day about it's how good. underrated AVP the first It is. Movie. It is good. If so that good. I mean, we think we're all in for The Twilight Zone. It's coming out April, CBS All Access. If you're a fan, I mean, they're adding a good. We just kind of stumped for Star Trek Discovery last time Jamie was here. <laughs> um, so that's a good sci-fi entry. That's a good horror entry. And it seems like they're trying to build some programming and, you know, they got our attention. So... Moving right along to something that already got everybody's attention, and that was The Haunting of Hill House uh, last year. We got an update from Netflix today about The Haunting of Hill House Season 2. And basically, there's a lot of interesting things happening with this franchise. If you didn't see it, uh, the first season, Haunting of Hill House, was about a family who grew up in this house that was haunted, and it kind of took place between when they were kids and when they were adults, and it was about all this drama that happened in their family. It was basically like a horror version of uh, This Is Us. <laughs> wow, I've never heard it described that way. I mean, that's like how everybody described it when it I first did, came I'm out. I'm totally oblivious. But, uh, like, I mean, and it was very, I mean, personally, I thought it was very well done. I didn't think the family drama overrode. But this thing is getting stretched out and becoming an anthology series like we were just talking about. And it's going to be The Haunting will be the proper title of the anthology. And the season two anthology will be called The Haunting of Bly Manor. And basically, Bly Manor is a setting from a novel by Henry James called The Turn of the Screw, which is a kind of gothic horror piece of literature. And in The Turning of the Screw is about a governess who comes to this haunted place called Bly Manor and while she's taking care of the two orphans who are kind of living there. And she begins to think that the house is haunted by spirits and that the children might be ghosts themselves. And there's a question as to whether... She's kind of crazy, mentally ill, or is there something supernatural happening? So you can kind of guess about, you know, why this would be appealing to the makers of Haunting of Hill House. 
Because Haunting of Hill House has, I mean, the haunting, they, they basically have this formula where they're taking horror, but making it walk a line with some other kind of dramatic or genre type deal. And this one would be, from the sounds of it early on, would be a psychological horror about whether this stuff is really happening or is a person just kind of having a slow breakdown. Um, I don't know if it'll be a period piece or something like that, but I just kind of get the sense that they would approach it as you giving you a complex main character who may or may not be crazy. Yeah. It's kind of what, ironically, it's kind of what Glass tried to do a little bit in that like second act of like trying to make you believe that it was like they were not correct, like they were yeah. superheroes. And it's, you know, when it's executed well, I think. It's- <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this sounds like, I mean, this is kind of like, sounds to me like a throwback to a lot of those like female led horror movies from the early 2000s, like What Lies Beneath. Oh, and uh, what's the one with Nicole Kidman? Oh, man. The, the others? others? Yes. Yeah. The Others and What Lies Beneath, which were both the same kind of concept. Um, what Lies Beneath is the Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Ford one. Harrison yeah, Ford which was, one, yeah. yeah. I dug that one. Um, exact same concept. And it, and it works in, for women for a different reason. I mean, it's a metaphor about, you know, is it female hysteria? Because there's always some main character being like, you're just hysterical. Yeah. We don't know if you're real. And then it turns out. Great staple. Like, you know, yeah. And like in What Lies Beneath, it turns out the husband's a scumbag who did all this crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, sliding his wife. And, and like the yeah. wife's, it's like a metaphor for a wife being able to send, and all, so on and so forth. So we're kind of excited about that. Um, I loved Hill House. How about you guys? Are you excited for this new kind of take on it? So, you know, for me personally, I, uh, I fell asleep. The first couple times I tried to watch Haunting Hill House. <laughs> oh, uh, so, but I mean, like you know, I work late and I have kids, and I put on a show that's really moody and atmospheric, and all of a sudden I'm. That's you know, fair. But I really like the implications that it has because, uh, like, really, my favorite kind of horror stories are ghost stories and haunting stories. Like, It Follows is one of my favorite horror movies. The Conjuring is a very classic franchise, you know, for being as by the numbers as it is. And this really kind of sets the stage for another cool horror anthology to move in different directions. Because, I mean, when I heard that they were going to pretty much go with the the title scheme of The Haunting, and this one's called The Haunting of Bly Manor, like, I'm kind of excited for what the future of that represents because they can do The Haunting of a person, the haunting of yeah. this object, the it's haunting not of another me. house. Yeah, it's not, and they're doing it again, kind of setting the the format for it that it's going to be another setting. It's in a really probably cool gothic looking location that is going to be very beautiful on the screen, kind of like how the haunting of Hill House was. But it they have a lot of leeway to go in any direction that they want with it, and I think that's pretty exciting. I want to see the haunting of like Family Dollar. Like I want to see, like <laughs> I want to see a haunting of like a really bright. You see place. that? Just go there on a weeknight. <laughs> <laughs> like the haunting of CVS. Like go to Walmart. Very different. Go to Walmart yeah. at two a.m. Yeah, exactly. That's already. Go to already the, have that series. Just go to the sporting goods section. <laughs> it's a real life series. On that note, since Matt just shut down that discussion <laughs> utterly, let's uh, let's keep moving on. It's a really good way to move on, though. Yeah. Stay tuned because uh, when <laughs> we come back, we're going to rant or rave about something we've been watching lately, and JK is going to give us a state of the Star Wars address very quickly. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. So 
Now that we have JK here, he is one half of our Star Wars experts. I'll make you share that with Patrick just because I yeah. know that'll make you internally furious. And no, no. That kind of thing. Patrick Cavanaugh does a great job. He's just not as handsome as I am. So You're such it's an just... instigator Ooh, on wow. today's show. Oh, he knows boy. it, though. I know. He, he knows it. Also, oh, I God, don't I have a, a Dr. Pepper tattoo and... True story. Does he really? Patrick Kavanaugh has a Dr. Pepper oh, tattoo. Oh, good lord! Which right. is pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, we have him anyway, into a podcast. We're yeah, we're veering. We could like die, We could unpack that for hours. No, that's uh, good. I like to give the people a little hint of our uh, internal company drama as we go along. <laughs> yeah, of course. As much as Jim allows me to before before those pieces. He's doing the cut off. <laughs> yeah. He's doing that cut off thing right now. Like, please. But uh, JK, take us through. There's some stuff happening with Star Wars. I mean, we're not. Well, we've talked about episode you guys have nine done a great death. job. Yeah. So let's. You guys but, have done a great job of running through expanding its its franchise and you know to instigate further star wars isn't going to be outdone not on the tv screen well i mean it's like a recent comeback i mean let's be honest but i mean like yeah you guys have pretty much we've pretty much gone through episode nine don't expect the title until around celebration for Endgame. a trailer probably around that time uh we know the mandalorian's coming out they just recently wrapped filming on that so john favreau's show is going to hit disney plus whenever it's probably be like the flagship show that hits we do know Cassian Andor is going to get his own little Which Rogue One. Which is what one. I'm so excited about because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. Not, I, to all my Rogue One lovers out there, I stand with you. I stand I, with you. Yeah, I know. We like don't see. No. We see eye to eye on some things. You but like, like the, I don't really like the grim and gritty version of Star Wars. And I understand a lot of people do. Like I'm a lot excited. of kids grew up on it. They like the, the more mature version. That For me, that's just... That's just not what I I'm also into, just personally. love Cassian Andor as I don't think that movie did enough with him because I think in a weird way I think he was like more developed interesting a personality focus. for him. Yeah, no, I thought I it did. I thought it he was he would have. I actually think <laughs> it would have been a better focus because that kind of movie. I like this character about a guy who started off trying to do something good, has just kind of gone down that espionage route of like where where is up? I've compromised myself. I mean, he has the most Han Solo introduction when he just shoots that informant yeah, and like kills him. He's kind it's of a lot like darker, straddling, but yes, yeah, it was straddling really. the line of that. And then he has to kind of come back to something more noble than that. Mm -hmm. And I thought just seeing how the compromise happened is kind of a weird Star Wars Breaking Bad style like descent yeah, into yeah. something dark. Which if you want that, yeah. I don't I don't really want that in a Star Wars. I'm excited for K2SO. I really think like he's one of my he was probably the the character I like the most in Yeah, Rogue I mean, one. he's been yeah. But there's but see like now they're in Lucasfilm is very uh they they keep all their cards close to their vest or chest, whatever you want to say it. I never they, know. Yeah, I, always, so, I alternate. You Google I it. Assume it's what is the phrase? Yes. Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it in this situation. But like, so they have a, a tendency to uh, announce projects themselves that are for sure coming out. Like everyone yeah, thought this this Obi Wan movie was coming out, and they kind of like a Bubba Fett movie and all that shit and they stuff, and they put the hammer down on all of it, you know, and. So now a lot of new stories, a new series have come out that are rumored for Disney Plus. And let's just run through a list. And real quick, you just say yes or no. Blurt it out as soon as I say it. And you say yes or no. Oh, if I you're broke interested. this down already. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. So Young Princess Leia. Nope. Nope. Captain Phasma. Nope. Knights of Ren. Yep. Yep. Rose Tika. Nope. Darth Bane. Yep. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. Lando Calrissian. Nope. Yes. Which is probably not true. Kira. Nope. It, yeah. So these are all no, the things no, that maybe are, Kira. No Lando? No Land. No, he wasn't interesting in Solo. Like Lando's a great yeah, but if you side build character. a different kind of show around him or a movie, I would I'd be down. For I I love episodes of Lando in the animated series. They're great. Like they're great. But that's I mean, also because like Billy D. Williams yeah. has that sweet charm. Just like, hey, him, just kind of going? like 
smoothly just swaggering his way through every situation is great, but I don't think you could sustain it for a whole show yeah. where you have to, because you'd have to show many sides of him and he'd have to be vulnerable. He'd have to be unsure. And that's just not Lando. Like that doesn't make it fun to me. Right. Well, really any of those characters, I feel like you can't really sustain a show off of. Princess uh, Leia would be cool because you could do like the whole burgeoning of the, of the rebellion and showing her balancing her life as a royal to being a rebel. But really, like, I'm not super interested in that. Can I take a note back? I say no to Phasma, but I actually would because I think Phasma would be pretty. That character holds promise that they never explored. And like, really, like, so the problem with the Force Awakens is that it kind of just reset the stage of the entire Star Wars universe. You know, like as cool as it was, but it was still like, hey, Return of the Jedi never happened. The Empire still exists. The Rebels still exist. A Darth Vader-like character still exists. So like, there's a lot of questions that fans have into like, how did the First Order even come up? And a cool way to do that would be with a Phasma thing yeah. or a Knights of Ren story. But even the Knights of Ren, like we only know them in name in this weird, like rainy flashback that is meant to invoke it's more like questions. Justice League's nightmare sequence. Exa yeah, exactly. It, like it it's seems so cool, oh my God, but it <laughs> was very poor in execution to me personally. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't I mean, care anything about that. Well, I cared, but then like not. I actually cared a lot about that flashback, and then it, it it's just been nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just become nothing. which is a problem. With yeah. what I think, like with a lot of the things that the Force Awakens did, was it's kind of just like regressive Star Wars stuff. Because like the first Star Wars movie came out, and it was just like, hey, uh, your your dad was a great pilot. These things called the Clone Wars happened. The old Republic was dissolved. And that's it. Like, these are things that happened, and here you go. You're going to go and go off on this great adventure, and it's not that you're anyone significant in the galaxy. It's yeah. just that you are you. And then Empire Strikes Back happens, and you go through that entire movie thinking that same thing until the very end you realize, oh, yeah, this is Darth Vader's son. And that raises new implications. Whereas The Force Awakens, from the opening, it's just like, hey, here's a bunch of cool mysteries. Yeah. And we're going to solve these eventually. And really, well, that's like, a very Star JJ thing. Yeah, it's JJ yeah. thing, but it also kind of set up a lot of things like where that's not what Star Wars is to me. Star Wars is a no, very... No, it's, it's not supposed to... I mean, I've written about this. It's not supposed to Shyamalan you. Exactly. Like, and so yeah. why do I need a series <laughs> to go and explain these things when it's really just poor storytelling well, from the... I mean, from the get -go, you know, you together like from the ones that we're hearing might the series that could come about. I mean, I guess I guess I'm tied to the darker people, but uh, <laughs> I like the Knights of Ren because I think fleshing that out would be really interesting in a in kind of a dark side collective that's not the Sith. We haven't really seen that before mm -hmm. in the dynamics of that of just seeing people like that who are connected but could be at each other's throats trying to complete something would be interesting. Um, Darth Bane, I want because oh, I know you do. I want <laughs> I know you want that Darth time Bane. period to what the Game of Thrones guys. I think that would be a great entryway into that time ancient period, like a millennium before the, you know, the prequels, and just seeing how the Sith came back from their collapse, the rule of two, and this guy who made it all happen, and then have the uh, Game of Thrones creators trilogy movie kind of be set in that same time period where we are more familiar. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I think it's and, the um, consensus of what they're going to do. Everyone yeah. believes that they're going to do some Knights of the Old Republic type thing. Yeah, I mean, really, it doesn't have to can be do specifically anything. that, but that era would be interesting because there's so much interesting lore around mm -hmm. that early, that transitional time between the fall of Sith Empire to what we know yeah. now. But don't you think that sets up like a weird expectation of them that they have to tackle that when there's already so many no, I mean, beloved stories that are yeah, tied to that era? It's definitely me typecasting. I mean, but oh, I just yeah. don't think Hollywood's that imaginative. I think somebody sees Game <laughs> of Thrones and was like, 
Those two. With lightsabers. <laughs> like, I get that, yeah. Um, that's like how a pitch meeting goes in my mind. So, But you sold me on Kira. I would also, I mean, I just think, again, for the espionage reason, for the same reason that I like Cassie and Andor, it's just like her playing, while the character didn't get that fleshed out, I mean, her most interesting thing is in the last 10 minutes of Solo. That, where you're like, true. wait, she's a ninja this whole time? Yeah, and you're exactly, like, yeah. Why was all this? And then like, I can see she's a, a conspiring series. crime lord slash ninja, and you're like, well, this would have been better throughout this whole movie. Like, But um, I would like to see more of like her and what happened to her and what she did, and uh, Amelia Clark's a good enough actress Yes. I threw the enough in there. Good <laughs> like, enough. No, she's well. great. Yeah. She's great in what she she's been getting. Like, I mean, pull that off. let's ignore Star uh, Terminator, but let's yeah. just. She wasn't a problem. Past, yeah. We can ignore that. <laughs> so that, I mean, so that's just me, but uh, let's wrap it up with maybe what you guys, which ones you guys really want to see. To, on, to be honest, like none of those, none of those Man, sound surprising. super exciting. Ooh. I know. No, I know. But the thing is, is I love Star Wars enough that if you can convince me, I'm not going to just go into it hating it. I don't know what I want, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I want it's it's Star Wars that's the coolest thing about it is that it can go in so many different directions. So I don't really have I'm not making these shows, so I can't really say that. I want a real impression on you. Oh yeah, I know. I did my kid with a mop. Be still. Like, this is everything I wanted. No, I'm just kidding. I, but, uh, everything I didn't right, know Matt. I wanted. I mean, I'm looking forward to Ryan Johnson's next trilogy. Definitely. My 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 want for Is that Matt Mueller C B? Oh, I'm saying last, no, but oh, you last Jedi. I love the last Warriors. Jedi, and no, I, I think it's the most interesting. I mean, so I, I agree with him this. in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also Brandon, want. Brandon, I also, yeah, we'll throw him under the bus. It's only Brandon who's a hater. Though. I also want an Eliminations to uh, Entertainment Porg movie. That's what I really want. Okay, they they already <laughs> exist. Just go watch Minions. No, I want them to take on the Porgs and have little personalities. Movie, like, it's the thing. same thing. It's moving right <laughs> along. This time is tight. Let's move right along. So this is going to be Rants and Raves, My where we awesome. pick, <laughs> where we each rant or, or rave about something we've been watching and share it with you guys. I'm going to start, and I'm going to kind of share this one with JK, because there's we have some crossover here, which is a rare thing, but uh, here we are. This is pretty sad. Do we rant or rave at this part? Um, this I'm going to, we'll, we'll start out with a shorter one. I'm going to rant about the ending of Counterpart, which was the Stars espionage series, sci-fi high concept series, about how our reality kind of, uh, through an accident, creates a mirror reality. But through the interactions those two reality people of those two realities have, the first ones, they kind of quickly diverge and one universe becomes very different than the other. And basically they set up this uneasy political truce where there's one doorway between worlds and there's two agencies, secret agencies that manage this secret. And then this whole bunch of espionage plot, terrorist plot thing kind of kicks off between the two worlds. And yeah, it wraps season two where it wrapped up everything in a nice bow, but then throughout this major kind of twist at the end, for yeah, a, that would set a up grenade a season and then three. slam yeah. the door on you. Yeah, you and know. it was just like, so we're sorry, we're never gonna solve this, and just like close the door on us. But it starred J.K. Simmons, Olivia Thurlby. Um, no, Olivia um, Williams. Williams, not Thurlby. Man, she's a dread actress. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, Olivia Williams, who was excellent, and a lot of other excellent actors that I didn't know before this character, actors um, that I didn't really see before this series, but kind of know and love now. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it was that series. I didn't write about it a lot, but uh, it was my personal pleasure. But like every episode was like a well done movie. 
Um, very good drama, suspense characters that you could attach to, and J.K. Simmons is fantastic. And it was great because these were really fantastic actors who, for the most part of the out of the cast, had to play at least like two roles, and it was excellent. And they did. It started out in first season as just kind of a high concept, but in season two, it really smoothed out into something a lot more yeah, interesting definitely. with a lot more interesting mythos and backstory that actually was very satisfying. And so it was a big loss, and uh, JK and I would talk about it because we were both regular watchers, and I hope it gets saved. I really do. Same here. I yeah. think it would be great for a streaming service. Like I think it would be great on Amazon to give Prime some shout-out for you, Matt. Hey, there you go. Yay. Um, and I think it would be great, and I hope it, it gets picked up somewhere else for at least another season because there is more story to tell, and I hope it wraps up. Yeah, agreed. It was really wonderful. I like. It was probably one of my favorite shows. Other than yeah, I mean, it was Ethan critically acclaimed. Year. I mean, let's just put it out there. Ratings weren't the highest, but it was critically acclaimed. It was like on a, stars, though. I mean, like yeah, I know that's that's, that's the bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> power. Power is the bar. Yeah. It's like Veronica Mars like was Outlander and Outlander power. power. That's it. Yeah, those are the bars right there. It really became down to it that stars didn't want to pay for it because they didn't own it. That's what it yeah, came down. Yeah, exactly. To. So hopefully they, there's a lot they of that going around. Powerful Netflix. So uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that going around right now. True. So get your hashtag started. Bring back counterpart. And hashtag make it, save like, counterpart. And I mean, make here's it the thing, dude. all your counter and all your hashtags have to say it twice. Bring back counterpart. Bring back it's counterpart. It's worked how many times now though? Yeah, a lot. It's worked a lot more. Pro- no, I feel like it's worked a lot Brooklyn less Nine-Nine. than it has. Right, Brooklyn Nine Nine kind of had a campaign. So did Lucifer. So did like all hey, these shows are finding where, their way back. What was that? Uh, what was that? Skeet Ulrich show? Oh man, where they sent all the peanuts? Uh, the only- uh oh gosh. Jericho. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. If oh, they can bring Jericho. back Jericho. Crazy, yeah. If they can bring My back grandparents' Jericho, favorite show. <laughs> yeah. If they can bring back Jericho for another season, we should get another counter. <laughs> not Jericho. Right there. Um, I'm good. going to rave about the new Netflix series, Umbrella Academy, based on the uh, comic book series. Um, I, I didn't read the comics. Uh, I'll let anybody else up here who read the comics. I haven't either. Did, Did you? JK? I have not. Okay, so, so I've, we do all. So we've all watched. So the we show hear about Jim Viscardi is like our resident My Chemical Romance fan. So we should like. Really, I didn't yeah, know that about you. He's the yeah. He's Megan's also heart. a big Umbrella Academy person. But here. yeah, so the comic was written by Gerard Way. The series was like co-created with Gerard Way, who helped is that, out. He's, is that a guy I should know? He's the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, oh, and you're going to get added. Your mentions are going to no, blow up. I checked out of the. Fans. I checked out of the early 2000s. But yeah, scene. so it was terrible. it's him and Gabrielle Bob did the comic series, and it. It's That's very hot, critically acclaimed, but it's very much like in the vein of Grant Morrison style comics. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah, Grant never... Morrison's like it's like kind of like X Men meets Fantastic Four yeah. style. And thing. I got I watched the first episode and I was sold as soon as she plays her uh, her piano or piano her violin, violin solo her piano, piano <laughs> yeah. but she does the uh, Phantom of the Opera like yeah. and I was just like this show is pretty damn and yeah, they have dance sequences throughout mm-hmm. so I mean I, I just want to rave about it because it was well done and I was kind of skeptical because after seeing Doom Patrol and like Deadly Class I was just like is there still room for something like Umbrella Academy this kind of quirky comic book adaptation um you know, I'll frankly say with some hipster overtones, like, will it be good? And it turned out to be really good. The cast is really good. Uh, the guy who plays Klaus is like probably one of my favorite characters of recent He's years. Funny, yeah. And I've seen the whole thing. And from start to finish, it's a really good tight tale, sets things up for 
a good continuation. And if you're looking for something to stream or binge or something really good just to kind of fall into right now, Umbrella Academy is good. It has like X-Men's Ellen Page, Mary J. Blige, who's surprisingly good. I haven't got to her yet, but in, I'm very in excited her role as that. an assassin in this. She's a better actor than she is a rapper. How dare you? <laughs> You better, you, yeah, you better chill out. What? She wasn't a queen. Of, yeah, we got to no keep more it moving. Drama, so I don't have time man. to Get even tear you down oh, about the queen of no art. more I, drama. I respect her as a singer. To say, to, the answer is yes. Okay. So Thank check out so Umbrella this. Academy. That was a question. It wasn't a judgment. My God. Like, okay. <laughs> Moving right along. We're going to throw it to Matt Mueller. My segues again, yeah, Gil. Yeah. I've had, but I've I'm killed. raving about Umbrella Academy. Check it out and bring back Counterpart. Uh, all right, so mine is uh, WWE flavor, kind of tying into our Hulk Hogan uh, discussion. Over the weekend, uh, Elimination Chamber took place, a uh, big pay-per-view that, it's funny, when you describe it out loud, uh, it sounds a lot like the Royal Rumble, but it's not. <laughs> when I describe the Royal Rumble, I was like, hey, it's a bunch of dudes, go to the ring, If you and say they all a come bunch out. of people oiled up, slapping, <laughs> <and then laughs> it all sounds Bring like back wrestling. war games. Uh, but, okay, so one of the things, my, this will be a rant. Uh, because Vince McMahon, who's always uh, saying things that will get the community pissed off in like half a second, uh, recently, now this is a rumor, uh, this is from Dave Meltzer, who is uh, kind of a respected WWE industry uh, insider. So um, according to a rumor, he heard that Vince McMahon essentially said uh, they called up a bunch of NXT people recently and had them come in at Raw and SmackDown and just... No announcement, just like show up and like take part in matches. They all won, so they got a clean, like they really pushed them, right? People were like, well, that's got just out of nowhere. Well, evidently, he said he did it because the current roster, none of them are going to be superstars. Essentially saying like anyone who's over already is over and all the people who we've been trying to push and build, it ain't going to happen. So now we need new blood, which that's asinine when you look at who their top person is now as far as how over they are, which is Becky Lynch. And we've talked about her on the show before, right? Who for years has been in mid-card obscurity, just getting a win here and there, but then being used to job out to somebody else as they build somebody else up the ladder. And has just been sitting there for years. And then finally gets a chance to really show what she can be and gets an actual, like, goes out there and actually shows, like, hey, I have personality. Hey, I can, I can uh, do a killer promo. I'm great in the ring. And all of a sudden, she's huge. She's, people are calling her right that this generation's stone cold. You can get into some arguments about that, uh, which me and Connor in the office have already done. But that is there, right? That's one person. There's tons of people on this roster that are just like that. They haven't been given a real shot. They've been buried by bad booking or they've been buried by stupid gimmicks that never got over or heel turns that they don't follow through on. Like there's so many things to getting a star over in the WWE. So I think that's really asinine. Shows kind of how reactionary they can be as opposed to really taking a pragmatic look at it and saying like, well, let's, let's really devote some time and effort and genuine things. And then you have NXT on the other hand that's able to seemingly do it every week with stars that don't have the name recognition that these stars have. And you're just like, why can't you do that, right? So in this, there is one star on the current roster that I have a prediction to make. So in 20, I'm, get, I'm predicting and record this so that you can call me on it in a year if we're still on in a year. I hope we are. <laughs> 2020, Finn Balor will be the next Becky Lynch. We're going to look back. And go, oh my God, Finn Balor, who right now is doing the exact same thing that Becky Lynch was doing for so long, just 
they try and, and people are like, he's got, he's got it. He's got the entrance. He's got all this stuff, but they just can't find the right pieces for it. He's going to be Becky Lynch of 2020. And they're going to, at some point in time, it's going to click and he's going to be superstar. I'm saying, I'm calling it right now. Mr. Jim Fiscardi, for the record, says you are a crazy person. <laughs> calling it right. Because that's what this whole office said about Becky Lynch. I brought her up in this office. No, I'm telling you, he's not. And I think we're going to wrap it up there. This is our first <laughs> official office prediction that's made it onto this show. Sticking by it. So everybody riding with us here at Comic Book Nation, put this down because we will revisit Record, this. Oh, yeah, we will play the audio. 2020, we will revisit this. And if I'm wrong, look, I got to eat it. But I'm saying I don't think I am. All right. Well, we'll leave it right there with Matt's bold prediction for 2020. Uh, Finn Balor, you heard it. Just <laughs> a Jim Fiscardi shaking his head. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Again, we will post new episodes on the site where you can listen. We also have links to our RSS feed where you can subscribe, as well as links to Stitcher, Spotify, and iTunes where you can subscribe. You can Don't forget find... Google Music. Yeah, no, no, no. Not Amazon, always Amazon Music. Oh, man. We can always find me, Kofi Outlaw, on Twitter, at Kofi Outlaw. Uh, you can find me at Matt Mueller CB. You can find me at Woe is Joe if you want to see me talk about the Utah Jazz more than I probably should. James Harden is the best. He also tweets that a lot. Oh, my goodness. Anyways. <laughs> you guys have been good for uh, checking out the show, but we also could use some reviews. So we've made this claim on the last episode. We'll make it again. We are looking for the best review of the show. And if we, when we find it, we are going to take the best review. We are going to read it on air. And the person who wrote it will get a free comic book t-shirt. So you could get some free swag for just going in. And if you've been riding with us on this journey, please do leave your thoughts and give us a good review. And the best one, like we said, we will read it on the air and you will get some free swag. <laughs> That was fake. just for See? you. See? I, we read the reviews. Review said like no more fake air horns. <laughs> we read them. This is why we're going to lose the people. One star, Ugh. no more air horns. Free shirt. <laughs> for those of you who are still left after that little uh, hijink by Matt Mueller, thank you for riding with us again at Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>